Hey guys, welcome to Cultivate and Keep. I'm Jeremy with Core Haynes, and this is where we talk about what we are learning, what we are studying in God's Word, and what is new with our businesses. What's up, dude? What's up? And what's up, AJ Hoffman? Welcome hey, to the yes. show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Amazing. So, uh, AJ is from The Grove, one of the other churches here in San Diego, sister company to Foothills. Yeah. We've also, you've known AJ a lot longer than I have, but mm-hmm. I've known AJ for still, still decent. we're getting old. Yeah. <laughs> Someone yeah, asked me um, old. yesterday, they were like, so how long have you been going to Foothills? And I was like, 11 years? <laughs> like, what the? I'm already past yeah. 10. I didn't even notice that. <laughs> yeah. um, but super stoked to have you on. Thanks. And we're going to kind of jump right into it. We wanted to know what you're learning, what you're studying, what's going on at work. But um, I'm going to hand it over to Jeremy. And uh, we can kick this thing off. Yeah. Well, l- let's start out by telling us about who you are and kind of um, your testimony, your upbringing mm. and kind of how you became who you are today. Yeah. I was, I was thinking about what's one of the more like defining aspects of me. And I think I usually start by just saying I'm a pastor's kid, which <laughs> up until like driving here and thinking about that, I didn't realize, well, wow, that's like really been one of the most singular, singular, like formative aspects of who I am. There's a lot packed in there. Yeah. It, it really and truly. And so. In saying that, I now work at a church for my dad, um, uh, and it's called The Grove, like Corey said. And um, I'm the next-gen pastor, so that means I oversee everything from babies, so zero to college. So 18, I mean, zero to 24 um, mm-hmm. um, years old. And uh, and it's super cool, like such different worlds. Like sometimes I'm talking about like Cheerios being dropped on the ground, <laughs> and then college <laughs> is like a little different. Um, sometimes Cheerios are still involved there, but usually not. And, and just in general... Um, I oversee just camps to, uh, like keeping kids safe on Sunday morning and, um, just all the stuff that comes in with church today. I set up chairs for an hour and 45 minutes trying to figure out how to put them apart and get as many people into a room, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's constantly shifting and changing, but, um, I got married about four and a half years ago to a girl named Madison, um, now Hoffman. Um, and I have a daughter named Aubrey and another daughter named Cassie on the way. Wow. Um, so yeah, and I grew up with all boys, so this is really it's different new, for me. Yeah. I saw uh, Snow White for the first time. Um, pretty much all of Disney movies I'm seeing for the first time. Um, <laughs> and Were they banned in your house growing up? Or what? No, it's just like Snow White wasn't anything that, you know, Caleb probably wanted to watch it, but like we weren't. <laughs> like, and, um, and so, yeah, we just like never, we like went outside and watched ESPN from a very young age. Monkey and ball and yeah, all dude, the good stuff. Anything, so... Um, so just like, there's a whole new world. Like we got her a necklace today, like a little shiny necklace and she just danced around the room and I was just like, what is this? Yeah. I was just like, it's a necklace. Yeah. And, and it's, it's kind of, it's a similar necklace to my wife. And so I don't know. And I'm also way more emotional about it now because she's like my daughter and, Mm -hmm. um, it's less like be rough and tough and it's more of like cuddle and like sit on my lap and smile and laugh. And so it's, it's good for me. I don't, I hope I have a boy one day, but mm-hmm. I probably have one more and I might have three girls and like, <laughs> I don't know, like it, I'll have a very different life, but yeah, I don't know if I answered the question. I guess I'm just, yeah, um, no, that's cool. I, I want to know, um, I mean, it's been a while since we've been like close, but, um, I want to know like, when did you decide to, um, kind of head into being um, a pastor for your vacation and, and doing that? Cause I mean, last I, I knew of you, right. When we were kind of close was high school went to GCU. Yeah. Um, you're pretty involved in like the school, right? Yeah. Like, so leadership and whatnot. 2012, I graduated, went mm-hmm. over to GCU, um, and started getting plugged in there. Um, and loved it. Actually didn't love, no one likes going away. If they tell you they like going away to school the first three months, they're lying. It's mm-hmm. the worst. Everyone's fake. 
no <laughs> one's real. Everyone was like going to play football at Alabama, but got hurt. Mm-hmm. And like everyone was homecoming <laughs> king and queen. And, and it just, everyone's lying for like three, four months. And then everyone kind of settles in and actually gets to know each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so I hated in the beginning. I call my dad like every day, like I never should have done this. But um, then I got uh, connected into a job and I started working at the marketing department and we, they, they just decided to hire a student worker and I was like, Hey, that sounds like a cool job. I'm a marketing major. So like, why don't I go do that? And then we, and that was newer, right? For the school at that time. Yeah. You so kind of like started in that. Yeah. So I was the first, the first one, one doing that. And then I would go to uh, schools and then just talk to the kids about, um, mm-hmm. um, GCU and, uh, it was super, super great and super successful. We'd get like inquiry cards and we'd get like two, 300 every school we went. Um, and that was like, yeah, I mean, you, you know, decent about marketing. That's like pretty cheap. I was like 15 bucks. No, I was like nine bucks an hour right. and getting 200 inquiry cards. Um, and so the next year I came back, they're like, let's get 40 of you. Yeah, you built a team. Yeah. Right? And they're like, go hire 39 people. <laughs> and I was like, that's awesome. Um, and it was, there's a lot more that went into it than that. Um, and so, but I, that's when I got to work with Johnny, who was a, a lot of our friends and Nick, and, Nick, right? and yeah. yeah, and just a whole bunch of, of really good friends. And that was cool. Having to fire your friends was interesting. Fire like, Nick? Um, wanted to a few times. <laughs> Actually, no, Nick and Johnny were incredible. Um, but uh, yeah, that like, and then seeing them in the cafeteria later, like as e- equals and peers like, oh, outside man. of the market was always weird. But um, so did that and then was really getting to know the VP of marketing really well and kind of had a, an opportunity to work in their like Christian marketing mm-hmm. department um, and go full time and get free school um, going into my junior year. And I came over for Chris Bruner's wedding and all of a sudden was at church and felt the Lord say, I want you to move home. And I was like, no, like I just now started like this. And he's like, no, I want you to move home. And I remember talking to dad and just uh, my dad, who's the head pastor there now. Um, in my in his office and I was just like God told me to move home and he was even like really like mm. mm-hmm. just come home in two years like it, it was very like are you sure my mom was like no that's a dumb idea um, but I did and yeah, I remember that so um, it's good to kind of hear like your your side of it because I remember like you being there having success like doing something big and then like boom you're just back I was like mm-hmm. what ages back yeah um, but never knew why and then never knew like yeah the reasons like leading, uh, leading up to that yeah so yeah and it was basically just like me being obedient to the lord but i had a lot of animosity towards like so i'm back and i kind of assumed that i'd be back for like an, a reason and it would be like quick like i'd get mm-hmm. involved with junior high ministry and then it would really grow and it'd be really evident like oh this is why god had me back mm-hmm. but i came back got involved i wasn't even like working at the church i was just volunteering like 15 hours a week um Got a job at Starbucks, which was, mm-hmm. I remember when one of my ex-girlfriends came through. <laughs> just, they're like, hey, what are you doing here? And I'm like, I, I work here now. <laughs> like, oh. weren't you away at school? I'm like, yeah, I'm back now. So like, you never finished school, right? No, I, yeah, I did. did so I, I went, part of the reason why I worked at Starbucks is because they paid for 100% oh, yeah, of my college. Yeah. So I finished there. Gotcha. Um, and actually just about to finish my master's too right now. Wow. In theology from Liberty. So that's cool. But basically that was like a super humbling time. Moving back and um, just like, not having any money, living at my parents, um, not having like a purpose really for a while. Yeah, man. Like, and then, and then, uh, just got more connected to the church and kind of forced my way in there a little bit. And isn't so. it? I feel like it's interesting. Uh, like the way that you really know that the Lord spoke to you is because it's something you don't want to do, yeah. <laughs> which is yeah. like so unfortunate, yeah. but it's just like, all right, that, that's how I know it's the truth. It's yeah. not like just 
this convenient thing for me to like, I'm going to go save the world or like do this yeah. cool thing. It's like, I'm going to do this thing I don't want to do. Yeah. I'm really quick at making like big life decisions, which I don't necessarily recommend, but going off of what you're saying is I usually just look at what's the more difficult thing to do. Mm. Um, when I was 12, Rob Shield gave me a book called Do Hard Things. And in there, it basically said, usually the most difficult thing to do is the right thing to do. Yeah. Um, and honestly, like I've just followed that and I don't know if I've regretted it. Like I, I don't have any regrets. I don't know how this backfired me. I, I don't know if that should be like doctrine for everyone's life. But for me, it's worked like like pretty well. Like what I don't want to do is usually what needs to be done. Yeah. 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 We often talk about that. That's like me and Corey are in full agreement of that. You know? Yeah. It's it's the unfortunate truth. But it, it works. Yeah. It's good. It, it's painful, yeah. but it's good. I'm yeah. cu- also curious, you know, when you say that the Lord uh, told you to come back home, mm-hmm. kind of spoke to you like, what is that for anyone yeah, listening? Who's that. like, <clears throat> what does that mean? What does that look like? Yeah. Um, how did it come about? So I remember it really well. It was a thought. It, it here's a thought was like, it, I really want to be a lawyer at the time. That's right. Um, but <laughs> I don't think for the right reasons. I like loved arguing, which turns out it's not what you do as a lawyer at all. But uh, I mean, I guess <laughs> a little bit, but, um, and I was watching the show called suits and I was just like very into yeah. like, I want that life. Like, um, and, or like some marketing big wig, um, and I was just at wor- worshiping and I felt like the Lord said, like, I thought, and deep down there was always part of me. that was like, wondered if I go into ministry mm-hmm. at Foothills freshman year, I was like one most likely to be a pastor. A pastor and that, so like, it, it just has always been there back in my mind. Mike at a young age, who was just your guys, the last, uh, um, guest, I remember coming forward and like, actually this is just a whole nother stupid story, but, um, I was in eighth grade at camp and I was worshiping and I looked back and there was all these kids talking. It was on the last night. Everyone at this camp is, is up front worshiping and I go and I get Mike like away and I'm thinking like, ah, oh, Hey, look at what are we going to do about these people in the back? <laughs> and Mike's like, I don't care. Like one day when you do ministry and I remember him like saying that to me, like one day when you do ministry, you realize like what's happening in the back doesn't matter right now. Um, and it's so funny how like those little moments kind of always just planted in the back of my head. Like maybe I'll do this. And then, so to answer the question really is I was worshiping and the Lord was like, isn't this what you're going to do? And I was like, I don't know. Is it? And he was like, yes. Mm. And it started off as a thought. And then the only thing I really like, I, not an audible, but I got like a strong sense of was yes, which was, is this what I'm going to do? And he was like, yes. Mm. And I said, well, do I want to do that somewhere else? No, I would want to do this at home. And so that was more of, it was like, Hey, I want you to start thinking about doing ministry. And for me, that was, well, if I'm going to do that, I'm going to do that with my brother, Caleb and mm-hmm. my dad. And so that's what that looked like. Cool. Um, well, hey, tell us about the growth. I, mean, I want to hear about, I mean, we'll kind of start out with that segment of what's what's going on with uh, the workplace for you. So tell us about the growth, kind of what you guys are, are about, and we'll have more questions, but yeah. um, a little bit more about your role and kind of what's going on right now. Yeah, so right now is every week feels like a new um, challenge. Um, I was just telling you guys, I got out of a meeting that I think is probably the most intense meeting I've been in in years. Yeah, you said Caleb punched you, right? No, no, no he did it. <laughs> he wanted Caleb. Caleb. No. Um, Who would win? I don't know. And we'll just say Caleb <laughs> to be safe so that if he listens to this, yeah. there's no yeah. drama. But um, but we know he'd lose. Uh, I'm trying to answer the question. What was it again? I'm distracted now. Just tell us oh. about the growth, what's going on right now. And yeah, so uh, it's just constant change. So like one of the things that is unique with church right now is that everyone has an opinion, and they probably always have, but it's very different, like mass, no mass, how, how far spaced out you are. Um, and like politics have very much so become the backdrop in which everyone's viewing church. And so, um, 
we are constantly having opinions of people who are like, you're doing this wrong, and I can't believe you do this. And the Bible says this, I can't believe you're doing X, Y, and Z. And You mean like um, uh, like comment cards kind of thing, right? Not just that. Like, like I'll have hour-long phone calls. When we, we took an 18-week break when mm-hmm. we weren't supposed to, we weren't able to mm-hmm. do church, and I had people be like, you're not a good pastor. Like, you... I thought you wanted the Lord. You don't like, like don't forsake per- the like assembly. No friends, in or actual like friends of mine mm-hmm. who I have not seen since. Okay. Like the volatility of church was really interesting. Like, cause again, you're dealing with eternity and church is not just like a, the restaurant you go to down the street, at least for believers, like it's your family. And so it was like forced rules on family and, and just in general, things just got messy super quick. And so this last year has been us trying to figure out like how to navigate um, that mm-hmm. uh, opening out, not opening masks until um, they sit down or the whole time. Or can you worship without masks? Can you not worship without masks? Mm-hmm. And uh, when do we start kids church? And do we have to be, how do we separate one year olds to socially distance? Like mm-hmm. how does that work? Um, do, do we just ignore it? Like, again, they're just the constant state of, of and so, an irony of like, I wanted to be a lawyer and I feel like I am like, I'm constantly looking into like rules and regulations and like what we can do and trying to t- get two sides to like agree and work on stuff. And so, um, like the day to day stuff is we're about to go to camp tomorrow. We're going to camp and, um, trying to run a camp where most of it's outside. We can't even eat in the cafeteria. And so we're having to like eat in other rooms separated and sometimes bringing breakfast back to cabins to eat. Like you guys are going to an actual camp tomorrow. Yeah. Not like uh, in town. We're going to Pine Valley. Gotcha. So you guys have been there a hundred yeah. times. Um, and so, um, yeah, we're doing, so there's just like a million, uh, little hoops that we're jumping through. Like you would never think, for example, the big drama was, can we, can we go forward and worship? And all of us just, cause usually at the end of camp, at least for, for our church and I know the church you guys mm-hmm. grew up in, everyone kind of comes forward and worships. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not yeah it's like a camp staple like yeah yeah and so i have one person on staff saying like i'd rather not go to camp if we don't do that Mm -hmm. and i have another person on staff saying like that's absolutely crazy how could you say that's okay right Mm now um and yeah so it's just like a constant state of like compromise Mm -hmm. finding the balance and then really hearing from the lord i'm like what what is the right thing to do um it's just kind of what i'm doing on like a daily basis Mm -hmm. so we have college group um which we just launched during covid which is always fun to like start stuff during covid mm-hmm. um where you're trying to get people to show up to something um and uh, that so of all things my job that's what i'm most excited about right now we we just um had like our 40 30th 30th week so we probably started like 30 weeks ago um and we started with like a few people and we had 103 at college group last tuesday and so it's amazing yeah just like and they're coming from like san diego state like these aren't a whole bunch of like christian kids who are showing up like i'm getting the coolest question like there's a frat that's starting to show up because like that's the only place they can meet girls and so like they're they're rolling up like one of them was literally asking his friend like are there girls there yes and it, all their <laughs> parties are shut down everything's shut down at state so they're going to church because there's single girls there and so um just like the questions we're having the top to- topics we're getting to discuss are mm-hmm. super cool um and there's just a lot of momentum there's a lot of, like a hunger from from that age right now and so um, yeah, that's just kind of, a, I guess that's a, what's happening at church yeah. right now. Oh, and overall, like what has the Groves, um, approach been, um, with like the details of like, do you, do you follow the rules? Do you not, do you yeah. distance, do you know, like, how have you guys been doing that since uh, coming back in what, September, November, oh, you guys man. came back? I don't even know. I can't remember. Uh, I yeah, we, we've been back for 
couple, like a three, four months. Uh, we So we started off outside. So we first started doing services outside, um, which was great. Um, a lot of work. Yeah. I mean, I remember Caleb, who's yeah, a programming guy, finally was just like, so I, like, I'm ready to quit. <laughs> like, this is the worst. Like, I, I'm spending like 12 hours in the hot sun. It was the middle of summer. So we eventually got to a place where it was like, all right, either, like, we just have to figure out something sustainable. And that really was... Hey, the safest thing for us is to go inside and be separated. We got like all this stuff to go through the air conditioning that like um, uh, cleans up the air. What's the word? Disinfects the air. We we got um, we spread everyone out. We're like disinfecting everything. So being as safe as we possibly can. And we actually realized like we can be safer inside than like trying to cram everyone in the small space outside. And we finally just said like honestly, when it comes to being safe, we think we can do it inside safer than outside. Mm-hmm. So we've been inside ever since then, which has been great until recently, like I kind of was sharing earlier, we've been growing. And so we're kind of like, you can't spread out the chairs more. And so it's just been tricky. Mm -hmm. But I guess guess our philosophy has really been just like the middle, like um, instead of being extreme on one side or the other, trying to be like, all right, like we have 5% of the church is far this way, 5% of the church is far this way. We can't get everyone happy, but we believe like this is a healthy compromise and balance. And um and to a certain extent, it's good because it's balanced. But at, certain, at the same time, like both sides then are bumped. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's something else I've realized. Like you can't, everyone's just slightly disappointed in comparison to one group being happy that you chose them. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I think a lot of churches are having to do, like, I think where they're located um, kind of affects like the the, gr- oh, the, the people, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. And the kind of demographics and mm-hmm. how they're responding to this. I feel like for us, Corey, like being like more like deeper East County, we're like, you know, a bit more on the side of like, let's have church. Like who cares? Kind of right. You know? And so it's interesting. Yeah. And and I think, I think that's, yeah. So like if you went like a political poll of our church, it's not going to be like 95% one direction. It's going to be 75, 25 Mm -hmm. or 60, 40. I mean, I don't know. I can't imagine a church doing that. (laughs) And, um, sorry, Corey. Um, and how involved are you with like making these, I mean, is it like a staff making these decisions together or is it like John is kind of deciding for everyone? How's that kind of the board? Like who's deciding all this? Yeah. It's a mix of three. Sometimes it's dad being like, Hey, this This is is what we're going to do. This is what the Lord told me. And we go, all right. Even though I argue, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. That's what's happening. Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes it's, uh, and he's usually right by the way. Um, sometimes it's the most of the time it's the lead staff six of us sitting down and being like what should we do um like today's meeting and then some of the other time it's asking the board and board usually does more the board's job isn't less to make those decisions and more keep that lead staff accountable making sure like finances are healthy and no one's like embezzling money or just any of that stuff um and so the board hasn't been too involved with with those types of decisions it's mostly just john or the lead staff i never thought about it until you started talking about it now but a church is like the ultimate combination of like all the things that you have to deal with, with COVID. It's like (laughs) part restaurant, part (laughs) meeting place, (laughs) part like, you know, babies and adults. Like you just get like the whole spectrum of every type of event and every type of person and you have to deal with it Mm -hmm. somehow. Yep. And yeah, I've talked to pastors who just have like cried and are just like, there's a lot of pastors who are, who mailed it in. Like, and it does break my heart and I get it. Like if your church isn't meeting and you're listening to this, like understand maybe it's because like 15 to 30 people like all called and yelled at him or her what to do. And, and so there's a lot of pastors that are just like, Hey, we'll just maybe pick this up when stuff opens back up. Um, and I guess kind of go back to your question a little bit, which is answering both of them is like our philosophy is just like move forward. Like we're not going to, we're not going to do that. Mm -hmm. We're going to figure out how to take ground and like, 
not go backwards or even like our philosophy isn't just like like hold the line it's like where can we take ground right now and so during covid we're like okay let's just launch an entire online ministry which we never had before and that wasn't like taking someone's iphone and doing facebook live that was spending a lot of money on cameras and building out entire teams and um and now after and we're kind of back we're like keeping that and launching that moving it forward and so um yeah it's it's wild um like just the fact that yeah we're dealing with babies and coffee <laughs> like uh and so do we like can we hand people coffee like we did before mm-hmm. can we have a coffee bar like can people get their own coffee it's just yeah like in the in the amount of people who even have an opinion on that will you be blown yeah. away with like i was gonna say like i i think um to Corey's point like you guys encompass so many different areas of all these problems but i think with the church most people expect the church to have it like right and to yeah. do, you know what i'm saying and so but that's also sub- subjective kind of like what is the right thing mm-hmm. what do we do and so yeah i don't envy, envy you right yeah. now <laughs> yeah it's and at the same time i know i'm probably complaining but it's like so fun like it's really cool i get to deal with like eternity and not that anyone's life isn't eternal or like relationships are eternal um but like it's really cool now more than ever people are like hey like i'm open to jesus like those frat guys are like mm-hmm. dude i'm just i'm showing up like i got nothing going on in my life right now like nothing good's happening sure you can talk to me about jesus because what do i have to lose and mm-hmm. so there's also like in a tremendous amount of growth and opportunity right now and so mm-hmm. i love it it's exhausting um oh i don't know we could go down yeah we won't we could go down some more routes but i'm sure we have plenty of time let it rip bro well well just like most of the people who were hyper aggressive Oop, getting a phone call sorry guys um most of the people who are hyper aggressive with opinions went so for example i would get phone calls from people who are like you need to open up it's unbiblical you're not opening up the constitution says this xyz and then we open up and they don't come like that's mm-hmm. the whole right. ironic thing is yeah. like mm-hmm. they're not the ones who showed up um and so interesting. yeah I, and that, that was one of the most interesting things i remember thinking like there's these four people that i'm going to see that are going to be so happy and i and they come like once every eight weeks and so i was like wow it's so interesting that you were like aggr- so that's why it goes back to not listening to the extreme sides and mm-hmm. more of like what's balanced what's what's in the middle mm-hmm. I, I've experienced that the same way with uh, with customers. I'm sure you probably have too, but like with software, not to, I won't go down this road too long, but uh, there's this interesting thing where people always want your software to do something that it doesn't today. <laughs> so they're like, can I do this? Can I do that? Like, no? Okay, cool. Let me know when you do and I'll come back. And that basically never happens. <laughs> yeah. You tell them like, hey, we built that thing for yeah. you. It's been the last year doing it. And yeah. they're like, oh, that's cool. But like, I'm fine. It wasn't yeah. that big of a deal. And yeah. like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Why would you say that then? Yeah. You yelled at me for 15 minutes on the phone about this. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. So how do you, how do you choose um, or figure out who to listen to and like which opinions uh, to weigh or to consider or to throw out completely? I like one of the things my dad's incredible at, and it's a big weakness of mine is being like, Hey, let's stop and pray. Like if we ask for wisdom, like the Lord will give it to us. Um, and he'll say things like we need, a God idea, not a good idea. Like we can get a good idea, but if it's God's idea, like we know it's the right thing to do. Um, and so really that's like the number one thing we prayed a lot is like, do we go inside? And instead of asking a lot of opinions, it, we've learned to be like, this is what we're doing. This is what the Lord told us to do. Hmm. Like if you'd like to, you can hop on board with us or mm-hmm. like, and so, um, and then uh, like honestly calling people, like the people who aggressively share their opinions, aren't the people you should be building things for. It's the people who aren't sharing your, mm-hmm. like aren't sharing. And like, I, was, I remember we did a thing where we called every person in the church just to be like, Hey, how you doing? Um, 
and ask questions like, Hey, so when, when are you, what would it look like for you to be comfortable coming back to church? And like, and so that feedback we use to be like, okay, that's really good. This yeah. is what we should. Yeah. So, um, it, it brings up a, like in church, I think that's, that's like what you should do because to a certain thing, certain extent, we need to be all things, all peoples, you know, shout out to all people's church for a good name. <laughs> but, um, but at the same time, like I do think in like the business world, what I'm seeing a real shift in, and I'm not even in the business world, but like people giving up on being all things, all people and being like, there's a ton of people in this niche and I'm going to completely sell out mm. for like that market, like a uh, black rifle coffee, mm. right? They, I, why does the fact that I own a gun make me want to like or not like mm -hmm. coffee more? But they're like, we're right. just gonna go after gun owners. And somehow that worked. Like I'm blown away at them being mm -hmm. like, I own a gun, I want black rifle coffee or, or Subaru. I think there's a study I read, I think a college where they just started marketing to lesbians. They're like, we're just going to market mm -hmm. to lesbians. And then it completely like blew up their, their, um, with market share. And, and it's like, what, what happened with that? It's just super interesting to me that, that it was almost like, it's the opposite of PC. It's, mm -hmm. it's like, we're going to completely embrace this just one. Yeah. And I'm seeing even churches do that where they're going like full blown conspiracy theories, like everything is evil in the world and so come to our church and be safe and and they're growing because people are gravitating to that and certain churches who are not doing anything at all because they want to be hyper like sensitive to everyone and no one's going to their church because they're not even meeting so i don't know it's so hard to be in the balance i don't think church is the same business in that way um i don't know why i just I jumped in my but head. coronavirus just made everything so extreme like you yeah. almost had to pick a side a little bit because people are kind of forcing you to i mean especially as a church, but also businesses, we saw the politics and whatnot, but that's a, that's a whole nother kind of rabbit yeah. hole. I'm curious, like what's the, um, the best and worst parts of being like a key, you know, part of the church, mm -hmm. because, um, there's a lot of fun stuff. There's mm -hmm. a lot of not fun stuff, mm -hmm. but from your perspective being like in the leadership level, what's it like? Talking to people all day, being on the phone, um, working with kids, like trying to figure out how to have, like help kids have fun. Um, and then also like I could read my Bible for an hour and not feel like I mm. like should have been doing something else. Like that's also really cool. Like that's a really good use of time. Yeah. Like I, yeah, I can decide to just break that thing out or like writing messages. Like, I, okay. Ultimately I'd say I can, I get to do everything. I'm at home Depot like once a week somehow um, <laughs> for something, something we're building. You know, I am planning out an event, but at the same time I'm writing a message or something for uh, some interactive, like a uh, devotional we're going to do. And so, I get to be a writer sometimes and I get to do public speaking and then I get to uh, like, you know, build out a system, which is actually the thing I struggle with. But mm -hmm. um, Caleb gets to build out a system and then I get to implement it, um, get to have meetings. So it's a little bit of everything, which for me, I absolutely love. I love that I'm not doing one singular thing every day and I get to every day looks different. Um, and so I really I really like that. Yeah. Um, and did you ask about difficult? Like yeah, something was difficult. I, almost, I was gonna make a joke and say that I have to do all these different things. No, um, worst part of my job is that moment when I have to write a message and and there's no inspiration. Mm. Someone saw, uh, someone said something one time like inspiration is for amateurs and um, when it's like Tuesday and it's one o'clock and I've tried to write a message all all morning and I have to speak at seven and at five we have a leader meeting and I have to stop so. I have it's crunch time and I have to try and be profound and um, passionate and funny and interesting and spiritual all like all at the same time. Like it's, it's incredibly 
um, daunting and exhausting. And there's been plenty of times where I just wanted to like go to sleep because I just was just so tired or I've like called Neil or Mike, like, just come, you want to come preach tonight, dude? You got anything good? <laughs> like, I, I don't know what to do. And so in those moments, like, and that's something I really learned from my dad, um, is just that he's like, Hey, like that they have to trust the Lord and that stuff. Like, it's not about, you know, you being a certain thing. It's about you letting the Lord use you. So that's like the preachy pastory ver- answer to that. But it's really hard when you're mm-hmm. just flipping through the Bible and you're like, what am I going to talk to people about today? Um, and yet make it sound like I've prepared for this whole yeah. week and really thought it's yeah. it's hard. Um, how often are you preaching right now? I'm preaching about once every six weeks on Sunday mornings and then every week on Tuesday night, obviously taking some of those off. And then sometimes at high school group, sometimes at junior high group. And I'm, I speak at Chapel at Foothills uh, like twice a year usually. And then at Santa Christian College like twice a year. So I would say I'm doing about two to three messages a week. And I don't do well at re-giving old ones. So I, yeah, that's really not, so a lot of writing, just a lot of writing. Um, And really what's working for me is what's called expository teaching. Do you guys know what expository teaching is or heard of that saying? I would probably know if you described it, but it's escaping me now. (laughs) That's a great answer to say when anyone asks you anything (laughs) you don't know. Um, I'll learn that one. Um, It's basically going through, like teaching through, Like imagine a series where you guys go through a book of the Bible where you kind of go verse by verse. That's kind of expository teaching. And what I've done with doing so many messages and not really being able to redo them, I I don't think it goes great for me, at least for me personally, um, is like a college group. We're just going through James and where we like leave off is where we'll pick up next week. Mm. Um, And so there's been times where I wanted to go a chapter and I only went halfway because it was really good and we that's good. So you're not stuck like trying to find a new a new topic to talk about. You're I'm simply just following like the the story. Yeah, I'm literally just like we're starting with verse 17, and then I'm gonna write until I'm just gonna keep that's writing cool. after that. And so that's really cool. Um, I like it. I don't think it's like the right way of preaching. Like there's a million different methods to preaching, and um, and for most of the history of the church, that's kind of what happened. Which is ironic. Like the more I dive into it, the more I'm seeing um, that that's like how. Uh, most preaching has been done. And I think there's a big push to move back in that direction. Less, I feel that. Yeah. Less topical, more like, Hey, like let's just pick up with scripture and go from there. Um, Again, there's nothing wrong with finding like multiple passages and and putting something together. That's beautiful. I'm just not smart enough to do that. Mm -hmm. So like Mm -hmm. it's much simpler for me to be like, this is scripture. This is what it's saying. I did research on these verses and I know like without a shadow of doubt, like this is what God was trying to communicate. Um, at least from my conviction. And so I'm just going to share that with you with some fun stories and like, um, and so I found that to be way more efficient and honestly better. Like I, I absolutely love it. Yeah. More of a, a Bible study rather than like a topical kind of study where you're cherry picking or just picking. Versus yeah. And, and it's not dots. like, again, if anyone's listening to this and that's the primary way of teaching, that's totally fine. It's nothing yeah. wrong with that at all. That's how my dad likes to teach. And um, it'd be wrong of me to say like, I don't, that, that's not the right way of doing it. Um, it's just for me, especially when you're doing like two, three messages a week, it's just really easy to be like, yeah, we start here. And then you guys know commentaries, right? Mm-hmm. Commentaries are like the greatest thing that ever happened to me when yeah. it came to writing messages because I have six that I go to and I get six different people's opinions that have already done research on the heap, uh, the heap, that's Greek <laughs> and Hebrew put together um, and, and all that good stuff. So I, I love it. It's, it's saved me a lot of time. Mm-hmm. How do you, um, another question I had was kind of having such an important role at a young age, like how, how have you handled that? I also want to know, like, I mean, dude, you're preaching to the congregation, right? So people twice your age, um, maybe three times your age, like, 
Um, Four times. Yeah. Name. So like, what is that like? I mean, how, how has that been for you? Uh, Neil Hoffman really. So when I first moved back, kind of telling more of my story, we, um, one of your family members, uh, Nathan was on st- staff at the church and we oh, started yeah. a college ministry together. Cause it was me, my brother, my brother's girlfriend and his girlfriend's best friend. We're the only four college <laughs> students at the whole church, me, Kara, Molly, Caleb. And, um, and so I was like, hey, like, if we're going to have an effective youth ministry, like, we have to have an effective college ministry, which at Foothills is, like, has always been the backbone of the junior high and high school ministry. Um, and so Nathan and I talked about it, and we're like, let's launch it. And about five months into launching it, um, Nathan really felt like the Lord called him to uh, move and get involved with the Bonds Landscaping, which is obviously, um, I hope I hope that everyone listening knows about your family's yeah, business. Yeah, I, okay. I believe so. I mean, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and so that really left, uh, which is great, and it was a great decision. Like, um, that wasn't, like, a negative thing in any which way. Um, it left, like, the college ministry trying to figure out, like, hey, who's going to lead this? And so I kind of just, like, temporarily was running it at 20 um, and in college as a junior. Mm-hmm. Um, and we asked a lot of people, and for three years, like, um, no one no one was really, really excited about taking it. And... Um, there was people who were excited about taking it that we didn't know that well and we weren't going to like turn mm-hmm. it over to. And so uh, essentially at the time, like, were you, like, were you wanting to be the man, be the guy like no. running it? Or not with like, college ah, ministry. I shouldn't be doing it. Not kind with of. college ministry. Um, and at no. that time, what were you doing high school or I was doing junior, junior high. high okay. So I was doing junior high. College was like the extra thing I was going to help Nathan with. Nathan yeah, kind of got called out of ministry and I was, you know, in, in ministry and, the crazy thing was, is it grew, like it grew to 90, about 90 ish mm-hmm. people pretty quickly. And so, but it was very much like if you're trying to lead someone, but like, imagine if a whole bunch of people are following you, but they're a foot behind you mm-hmm. and you're trying to figure out how to go miles ahead, but mm-hmm. the, you, you have a half second to make a, a decision mm-hmm. until other people are there. Right? And that, and that was really the only way I could describe it. Um, I was incredibly like exhausted. I, my, I look back at some of those messages and I'm like, someone should have been like, boo <laughs> like, like it, it was bad um and so finally i just remember we were in a meeting and i was like guys we have to shut this down like like the, we were long story short we were in a meeting and it kind of got brought up and dad was like absolutely not no like cause ministry growing but i'm like it's growing but it's not like spiritually deep or like changing a lot of, and there was life change and so we ended up pausing it and so c- kind of answering that question was but, okay so you paused it because um i was like 22 at the time so it had been a couple of years now a couple of years and, and i just you, was you just kind of felt like i like this is cool it's good but it's not like the the depth is not there it's growing in every which way that like you know the the human side of me wanted it to grow mm-hmm. which is people but like on spiritual fruit like the, it looked the same from and, day one and, to and you recognize that or people were calling you out no i yeah i I remember looking at caleb they were all waiting for me to argue and i was like i'm ready to stop and caleb was like me too because caleb and i were kind of running it together at the time too Mm -hmm. because it was just like i need help obviously so we went younger which anyways that wasn't the smartest thing it was great but it it didn't like help that situation and so um yeah long story short like we were just Mm -hmm. in a meeting and i was just like no i feel like that's the right thing to do we just dissolved it into home groups basically Mm -hmm. Um, and so we broke up into home groups. Home group, yeah. yeah. And, um, and that's like much more easier to lead. Um, and so we did that and it really did dissolve the college ministry, which is why we just relaunched it again. Um, because I think that age wants to be together, but go- going back to your ultimate question, I remember in that season with, I called Neil and it's like, Neil, what the heck am I doing? And he, he, um, took over the college ministry at a pretty young age too. And he just said, it's about anointing. It's about the position that God's put you in and trusting that the Lord has put you there for a reason. And, like actually taking yourself out of the equation and leading into the Lord. 
And so that's part of why it grew is because I really, every week I'd pray like, Lord, get me. <laughs> let's have more of you talk and less of me talk somehow tonight. And, um, and so I just kind of taken that strategy across the board. And I remember the first time I spoke on Sunday, um, I called Neil and was like, how, like, <laughs> how did you do this? Yeah. Like, I don't like, they're all smarter than me. <laughs> like, it's not like I'm, I'm like, they're like, they're all, I'm, yeah, I'm 20. They're all. Like mm-hmm. running businesses and I am trying to figure out just how to like stay out of debt through college and working at Starbucks. Like my biggest issue is not what they're even dealing with. Um, and he just kind of reiterated like, Hey, like the Lord put you in this position, like trust that the Lord has you there for a reason. Don't doubt, don't doubt that God has you there. Um, and trust that the Lord will, will use you. And so that's just kind of been my philosophy. It's, it's hard. The more I got older, now I have people who work and are on staff below me who are younger than me, like a good 10, 15 years younger than me. And that's really weird to be like, we're not doing it this way. We're doing it that way. One of them, Cassie, like babysat me mm-hmm. my, most of my like my life. And now I'm like, no, <laughs> we're not yeah. going to do that. We're going to do this. And um, and like getting into a little argument. And she's great. We're, we're great friends and she's amazing. But, you know, natural tension comes. And it's really mm-hmm. weird being like, yeah, you were there. Like, you remember when I was born and mm-hmm. babysat me. And now I'm trying to tell you that I want to do it this way. And so that, that was really difficult. And I don't know. I think just naturally I... I feel decently confident being like, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. Like, let's work out this together. Let's compromise. Let's like find a solution. And honestly, I just work with a lot of really patient people <laughs> who've let me fail. So overall, do you feel like you're kind of out of that awkward stage of maybe feeling a bit like too young or, you know, yeah. feels a bit more fitting now? I'm 27. So, yeah. So, I went to well, this. Well, now, like, we didn't college ministry. Yeah. Because Neil college was ministry. 25 when he took over, Yeah. Right? So, I mean. so, now I feel I feel better. And just in general, I feel like I'm a dad. Like, I have kids. Mm-hmm. I own two half houses. We can get into that later. And um, just, like, I just, like I feel like more. Like, my biggest issue isn't, like, my car might break down and I don't have enough money to, like, fix mm-hmm. it. it, it um, so, now I, like, feel like the older you get, the, the closer. Like, the less more age matters. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, yeah, just in general, like I, I don't feel, but I remember I went to a college pastor's meeting when I was 20 and they almost didn't let me come. <laughs> they were like, you're no. And I was yeah. like, no, like I promise I'm taking it over right now. Like, That's so funny. And, and this guy was like, I don't really like there, there was no one within 15 years of like me. And <laughs> I just remember never going back and they weren't like aggressive about it, but they were kind of like, what, like what? Like there's no one else taking your yeah. ministry over it. Like, no, this is for like the pastor. Are you a pastor? I'm like, no, I'm a director. So I just remember it was, I remember leaving being like, all right, I'm too young for this. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I remember at Le Bon's, um, I was 18 when I started working there more full time. But I think by the time I was 19 and a half or so, like 19, I had some like management role there. And at one point, I think I was, and there's like 22 guys that like worked under mm-hmm. me that I like had to supervise. Um, all of them like non-English speaking men. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it was a very challenging position yeah. where I'm, uh, so I'm dealing with them right on the field side and then on the like more business side, I'm uh, dealing with like property managers and yeah. property owners and people that literally, literally three times my age. And I remember it being so challenging. There, there was good times and uh, some strides of success at times, but uh, you know, just that feeling of like feeling like, Hey, you're too young to be here kind of thing. Right. <laughs> hey, like, this is for, like for like the managers, not like the, you yeah. know? And so, and how did you deal with being the owner's son? Cause that, that's been that like is, the other difficult side. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. Like, to this day, I still get made fun of by people <laughs> like, yeah. oh, you just like whatever dad yeah. gives things to you, whatever. And so it's always been a problem. You know, I for me, my, my mind has always been like, I'm just going to work as hard as I can. That's yeah. literally what it comes down to. And I think I've realized like uh, no matter what I do, 
people some people may always have somewhat of a negative view big being the boss's son yeah. and um i just know that it all comes down to work ethic and you know performance and that's kind of what mattered so so yeah 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 nothing i can really say to like get yeah. around that one you know yeah it's like if you you argue about it it almost like brings validity to what they're saying exactly. right no it's not true it's like i just put my head down and try yeah. and get some work done yeah. um yeah so, yeah, yeah let your actions speak a little bit that's definitely a big part so you mentioned um some of these other things so two half houses yeah well what else are we could get into that but what else are you working yeah. on besides uh the grove I'm like do you have other things you're interested yeah. in or the things you work on or yeah so doing school gonna be finished with oh, yeah. school i'm yeah. um, here pretty soon and i want to teach at santa christian college they have like a youth ministry class mm. And I'm really hoping that that pans out. I, mean, I don't, if you're listening, whoever's in charge of <laughs> hiring, really praying that that works out. I kind of have a, a couple ends there and hoping that would come into something I could do. Um, It'd be like one class. Like one class yeah. on like a Thursday night for mm-hmm. two, three hours where I'm with hopefully like 18 people who want to be youth pastors. And that's cool. Um, just that like gets me so excited. Um, so I'm hoping that kind of pans out. Um, but on the other end, like you said, the two half houses. <laughs> They're not two literal half houses like on half of two houses. Um, so my brother, Daniel, he's much younger than me, um, like five years younger than me. He is like a really entrepreneur. Like, Dude, he's the best Hoffman kid yeah, for he sure. 100% like, oh, least, yeah, 100%. My favorite boys. of the yeah, three for, for sure. sure. And I would be the first person to tell you he's my favorite too. Um, <laughs> Sorry, Caleb. Uh, no, he's, he's great. Everyone's always like, I know Caleb and I know AJ. And I'm like, and then you'll know Daniel and you'll be like, oh, you're the best. Um, and, uh, and it's true. But uh, he... Like what's like we need to buy a house and I was like we're broke and we don't have any money like and this so this is I don't know two two years ago um and it was Fourth of July so two Julys ago whatever a little over two years then um we were a little less than two years we were um just on vacation and I like you know do you guys ever go on Redfin and just like look at houses oh, all the time every day yeah. yeah um and so I was doing that um which it's like it's like window shopping you don't have money and mm-hmm. you're just looking at stuff you'd yeah. like to buy one day and I saw a house that had a granny flat that they did not like uh, really list it that way. And they didn't, th- all I could tell is there's two different uh, ovens that I saw. And I was like, why does a house have two ovens? Mm-hmm. I bet you there's an ADU there. And it was a non-permitted ADU. Um, and so I, that's why they weren't including it in the price. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, Daniel, look at this. And Daniel's just like brilliant. and was like, we can buy that. I'm like, no, we can't. We, like, I only have this much money. And he's like, give me a little bit of time and calls our friend Zach. And long story short, we like put an offer a few years later and bought it. And then because it has an ADU, um, we were able to go through the permitting process and all that jazz. We were, we were able to um, rent that thing out for $1,000 over our mortgage payment. Mm-hmm. And wow. so um, that's been like a huge opportunity we were able to do. I mean, that was super great. Um, and so that was like just making money from day one, which is super cool. Um, and then I was like, wow, that wasn't that hard to do. Again, we didn't have that much money to start. And I, I know that it was someone else. And so um, Daniel and I were going to do that again. We were living together. Um, at the time and so we were just looking for a new opportunity to do that and um and then he <laughs> we went to go visit a house together the one that we that we live in now and he bails on me to buy another house <laughs> um pretty baller thing <laughs> but i heard it was a really good investment it's so. sick yeah he did a good job like i i remember him looking at me and this is daniel this is why he's everyone's favorite daniel will never ever put him above uh you and so he was like, you tell me right now and we'll go back to this. There's this really cool opportunity that him and Tori had already looked at and fell in love with and did, they didn't, they put an offer, didn't go through. And so he's like, Hey dude, we'll try this. Even though we are like, there was 30 offers on the house right now. Like it wasn't a sure thing. He was like, no, I'll wait. And I was like, no, go do that. And I was bummed. 
told Maddie she was sad. And then my parents were like, Hey, like, why don't I own, like, why don't we do what we you and Daniel just did. Mm -hmm. And so they own half the house I live in now. Um, and we're building out, I had a like three car garage in the back. We're building that into a two bedroom Nice. and I already have three car garage, three car garage in the back in the Mesa. Um, yeah, it's right by Caleb's, right? Right by Caleb's. I've been to Caleb's. Yes. Um, and so that's so cool. So two bedrooms. So you're going to rent that out for, there's people who've called me. I haven't even, listen, I haven't even put anything out there. I haven't, people have called me wanting to sign a lease for 24. Wow. It's insane. It's absolutely insane. $2,400 a month. $24 a month. No, yeah. uh, (laughs) uh, 20, yeah. 2,400. 24 people are going to live there. Yeah, 24 people. Yeah. They want to sign a lease. Um, And so it's like 800-ish square feet, a a little over 800 square feet. And um, it's a two-bedroom. That's so rad. Two parking spots. They'll have a little yard. Like, um, and so, yeah, like when you do the math after that, like we end up paying very little Mm -hmm. for what we're living in up front. And so, yeah. it's just, it's the only way like I could have ever swung any of this stuff is this ADU idea, which is basically you can get two, you can, you know, have money come in from the, the extra yeah. property. You get two properties for the price of one yeah. to a certain extent. Yeah, that's right? what we did. I mean, we, when we bought this house, we like fully gutted it and remodeled it and our garage, we converted to an ADU. Yeah. Uh, Connie really wanted to keep the garage. Now yeah. it's like, babe, like, trust me, yeah. like we have a warehouse already. We're good, but yeah. this will be income. And so, yeah, dude, now like after everything renting out we we pay less for this home now than we did for our apartment yeah just because of renting stuff out and so i think it's the way to go dude like yeah yeah so it's like a th- we also have another garage which is super sick um so there was two garages so we got to keep it's a one-car garage it's not as big but we get to keep that hmm. um that's really cool and then rent out the back so yeah that's and then working at church you know it's not the most lucrative of of if it is a lucrative business you're probably not doing it right and um <laughs> and and so anyways y- you know i it's really great to be able to live in San Diego, which is incredibly expensive. Do you, so do you live in one of the houses at one of these yeah. properties or, okay, so just one of them. And then the other one you rent out both. Uh, yeah. So Daniel and I places. own half a house and then my parents and I own half a house. Right. And so, so technically really I own, own one, one house. house. Right. One but I have to say house. two half houses. So how'd you do it? Is, <laughs> did, you guys, did you guys like form an LLC and do it together? Or yeah. Was so it LLC. So that, that way owns, that like my that parents' house, house yeah. is protected if, you know, okay. if. I don't know. Something where it happened. You go bankrupt, basically. Yeah, yeah, essentially. Um, <laughs> and you get some crazy idea. Mom, dad, I'm pulling right. out, investing in this. Yeah, no, which wouldn't Lose be. Lose it all. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds about right. I'm going to choose some. It'll be like, I thought this was a good idea. Like, I thought it would work. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so that that's basically made it so that I can actually afford to live in San Diego uh, working at a church. And um, and it's been an, like an incredible blessing. Hmm. Um, and that's, again, just the Lord providing. Hmm. That's really cool. So if you had to give advice to someone else out there looking to do something similar, what would be like the top, you know, couple like things to look for? Is it like ADU, uh, underpriced? Is it like not listed ADU? Um, yeah. That areas. Un- that unlisted ADU was like the real kicker for mm-hmm. us because it already was built out. So like the permitting stuff, like just, it was very easy to pull that off. Um, but that I don't think will, that was a while enough. Like, it's amazing just how many people are, we're building our AD there right now, just how long it's taking for the permits to come back because they're just completely flooded. So everyone's doing that. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, I just like, for me, I tell like people get married. I'm like, you can put 18, 18, 1500, 1800 bucks a month into an apartment. If you just have like 20, 20 grand, 20, 30 grand, you know, I, I, it depends like with how low rates are right now, just like call, a, a, I have a good friend, a couple of good friends who are, um, realtors and I'm like, and have them look. And if you are down to like live in a granny flat and rent out the house, which mm-hmm. is what I would, I would totally recommend 
Um, like for example, like like if you lived in the garage and then ran out the house, the granny flat, bro, not the garage. Yeah, sorry, the granny flat, <laughs> uh, the ADU, the technical term. Um, then if you're down to do that, which is like living in an apartment mm-hmm. anyways, yeah. you can rent out the house uh, until you need to flip. And yeah. then, so I, I recommend people doing that. And then you're actually building equity. Mm-hmm. Um, get like, it's crazy just in a year and a half, like our, that house has already gone up like $110,000 in value. Wow. Yeah. And so who knows what's going to happen with the housing market? Oh, I got thoughts on that, but we, we that's a whole nother thing. Yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> what, um, uh, how is it like, I know we co- sort of covered like, high school to like going to GCU thought you're going to be a marketer or a lawyer. Mm-hmm. And then like now back to me, but like give us like the overall, um, like is your career aspiration now still to be like a pastor or like where are you headed? Do you have other things? In I mind? don't think he knows Corb had a guess, but let's see what he says uh, 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 that I don't know. If your you your face kind of seemed like, yeah. where should I go with this? Like, so I've learned anytime you plan out things more than like two years in advance of the Lord, he's like, nah. So, yeah. um, like I'm like terrified of like saying anything beyond that. I love my job. I love this church. I love this church. Like things that I would die for, you know, family and then, you know, the Grove and the people at the Grove. So, I can't imagine like just doing anything different. Um, but at the same time, like, yeah. So yeah, right now I'd say plan is to be a pastor. It's really interesting when you work for your dad, like conversations of like, how long are you sticking around? You know, right, yeah. <laughs> that type of stuff. Like, am I going to go plan a church? Like, do I, hang, do I hang out here? And then like, I, I can't in any way assume that I just get to take over or like that Caleb and I get to take. So it's really interesting. Cause like a lot of people get to have like super like clear, answers to that for me i feel like there's a million like uh trap doors <laughs> if I say right. and it's not way. just up to you right yeah it's, yeah and so a lot of other variables play so like in a vague sense being a pastor would be really cool um i i'd really really like to do that i wouldn't mind like uh working in like a, at, a, at a university too on like I was say, some teach. sort of level yeah, yeah teaching but more on like the student uh life side of things mm. that sounds super cool I want to move. I'll never get to, uh, but I want to move. <laughs> I love other cities and I love like, I would move to a new city every year and like somehow be able to keep my job. That sounds incredible. Um, that doesn't really work with kids and a wife, but like that sounds yeah. great. I just told Maddie when we retire, we're going to um, sell our house and buy a giant catamaran and sail around the world. And <laughs> nice. she was like, sure. <laughs> She's like, I don't want to argue <laughs> with you. So sounds great. But uh, um, so yeah, I think being a pastor is, but I, I want like, that'll look so different. Like, it's funny, like, I don't know what that'll even look like in 10, 15 years. So it's like weird saying, I don't know if it'll be what it looks like right now. Mm-hmm. What What do you think are like the major things you're seeing changing? Or like, what do you expect to change? Um, so this is like purely specu- speculative. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not saying that this will happen. I just think that, um, I think denominations as we know them are going to really start to fizzle out. Like this whole thing, most denomination, like if you look at a lot of Lutheran churches, Episcopal churches, um, like they, they are like almost non-existing, at least from the conversations I'm having. And so it's forcing a lot of people to either like get in with a lot of these like foothills, all peoples, um, the Grove. Uh, but even on a bigger level, there's a lot of people who are just going to church online now mm. and who are like, I go to Life Church and it's the mm. largest church in America. And there's a home group in my in my city. Like we have like I watch church online. And I worship, and then I go to our local home group, which is our life group home group, which we all, 20 huh. of us, get together and have dinner and um, and do a Bible study together, and then we watch church online. And, and content is done kind of 
on their own time and then fellowship is done together when they only can. And, and it's kind of this idea of what, what can you only do together and what can you not do together? Cause if you can right. kind of, and so th- there's a million questions behind that. Like, um, can you worship at home on a, like watching the TV? Is it the same? No, you know, but at the same time people are like, have you ever like listened to worship music in the car and felt the presence of the Lord? Like, yeah. So the Lord isn't, isn't limited to physically being in the room, but we, but we would all probably say like, that's best. But at the same time, like I could definitely see, like I, I have a good friend who works at CCV. It's in Phoenix, Arizona, Taylor Downey. And they like the philosophy change they've had just throughout COVID. Mm-hmm. They're like not even from, from the little things I've heard second, third hand is they're not like going to plant a ton of churches anymore. Like they're not going to do the big building, big giant thing. They're going to do the online content with home stuff because um, it's monumentally cheaper, more efficient, which isn't always the healthiest thing in church. I know, but like right. that tends to help um, and they can get content done uh, online and then relationship done in person. And so I don't know if that's a future. I just see that happening a lot, in which case you hop in with one of these big denominations and get hired. You become a big denomination or you outlast them i don't know it's it's an interesting thought so mm. yeah fascinating hmm. um i want to go back real fast before we move on from this one i, I did want to know what was it like starting the church like, with with your family at such yeah. a young age i wanted to ask that one we kind of skipped past it it's funny how much like 15 year old aj just cared about like where his girlfriend went to church <laughs> because my girlfriend didn't go to foothills and so when my dad told me i was like oh cool like I'm still going to go to the youth group. Like for me, honestly, it was like, all right, Sunday mornings, I'll be a little bit more involved and it'll look a little differently and that's okay. For Caleb, whose girlfriend went to Foothills, it was like, I remember him being like, and I'm not saying this is the reason, but I remember him being like, no, like I won't go with you, dad. Like I will stay. And I don't necessarily remember that conversation, but definitely him, he was a lot more like, no. And I was a lot more like gung ho for it just because um, I think at that age, like that's when you got to see your friends and stuff. But I, my friends weren't necessarily connected with the church. Uh, I was starting to get my car so I could drive places. Mm-hmm. So for me, community wasn't synonymous with foothills. And so I was a little more excited about it. Um, the thing that hurt was I thought a lot of people would come. <laughs> like, I'd like, <laughs> like I remember being like, Oh, it'll be cool. Like, I bet you this, this person and this person will come. And like these friends and I almost said names, these friends will come and Jeremy LeBon would come and, and we'd be able to like hang out and bro. I, w- I was a big part at <laughs> the beginning. Okay. I came You did lot. Jeremy. You did a lot of stuff in the beginning with camps and jazz like that. But, um, so that was hard. And the more difficult part was when you went back to foothills, like, I don't know if the, I remember people would say things like trader and I'm like, Whoa, like <laughs> I like, really? Wow. Yeah. Or I remember the number one thing I get was just, what are you doing here? And it was like, <laughs> kind of like, that's weird. High school group, <laughs> like, yeah. uh, or it's still to this day. Like, I'll get that comment, like, "Oh, what are you doing here?" And it's like, "Oh, like meeting with David in the coffee bar." Is that allowed? <laughs> like, kind of having that conversation. And so, yeah, weird. even though we are as close as any two churches that I know of in like America, like, like so people, you know, will go back and forth in between sometimes, and like you could blink and you would barely notice a dramatic difference in terms mm-hmm. of culture. Obviously, the people will be a little different, and um there's still such a sense of like just natural human nature was like, you're not one of us anymore. You're mm-hmm. like over there. And so for a little while, like I was like, great, we're, I'm not one of you. And I was like, yep. And we're not together anymore. And kind of, that was like my flesh at a young age being like, you guys over there, you're doing our, your thing. We're doing our thing. And so 
um, that's something the Lord really had to like work through me. And I know that like, again, all those little com- like sarcastic comments were totally like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Innocent. Like mm-hmm. they weren't like, let me make AJ feel unwelcomed here. Um, just like these little jabs, the little jabs, but after yeah, like 15 of them after twice, you're like, I, yeah. I don't know if I'm welcome here anymore. Right. And, mm-hmm. um, and so it really quickly became us versus them, even though it, it was like, that was totally the enemy. But like in my own heart, it was, and, and guys, and just being like transparent, I remember like thinking I need the junior high ministry to grow because I want to have validity of why I'm not there mm-hmm. and how unhealthy that is. Or we need the college ministry to grow so that my cousin Neil will, will respect me. And, and it'll be like, they'll see why, like so much of my thought process was like Mike, Neil, uh, David, uh, Mark, Dave, like being mm-hmm. like, Oh, that's why the Grove got started. And like, like having validity in their eyes instead of the Lord's, which is like, I know it really, cause we, like I, I talked to Neil the most and David, but like that w- we wasn't like a weekly conversation. It was just this like deep underlining thing of like, I wanted, wanted to be successful mm-hmm. in their eyes. So that makes sense. And, yeah, so, and the next time you talk, you know, there's going to be, how's it going? And you want to be able to have like good news. <laughs> and <laughs> Yeah. And I remember I'd like, I would, I remember I gave a message on being dishonest once because I talked about, I remember just being like misleading is a better way of saying the dishonest about what, how college group was doing to Neil. Cause I wanted Neil to be like, you're, you know, what you're doing, even though I totally did not And so that, that was hard, like leaving and still being close enough to where like all my friends are there. I thought a few would come, not many did, which makes sense. Like I'm not saying people should have, but in my mind, when I initially heard about it, I was like, this is great. Like my dad, everyone knows my dad. Everyone loves my dad. Like mm-hmm. they'll have, a, we'll have to tell people to not come. Like that was my initial reaction. And then it was like 32. And I barely knew any of them besides like David Stuckey mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, that's scary. Yeah. And I was like, who are you guys? <laughs> and like, and there's a few, I knew, I knew most of them, but like they weren't like the people I knew really well. And so I remember being like, I, dad, I thought there'd be more people at this meeting. And that's when stuff got like a little more real. And so, mm-hmm. um, just to clarify, I now feel like I have a really healthy perspective <laughs> on, on, uh, why I'm doing ministry and in our relationship with Foothills mm-hmm. and Neil's really helped me, um, like work that stuff out and get to a healthy place. Yeah. I mean, hats off to your dad because honestly, I don't think I could think of like a harder thing to do than to start a church. It has to be, uh, I mean like a, you could start like a house church and yeah. like do that for, for well, we, like, we were in our garage for like, our garage in our living room for a while. Right. Yeah. And that's what I mean. Like to start a church that actually becomes something with like a building and like a real community yeah. and a culture and, uh, like a brand for lack of better words, mm-hmm. like it's the Grove. You, mm-hmm. know, you have something attached to that. Yeah. Is, um, that I mean, I, I literally couldn't think of anything harder. Yeah, I, it is interesting. It is, it's weird working with, I work in a business where I need people to show up to something. I don't, I, if I find out this is this and I said I work in a business, he's going to like chastise me later. <laughs> um, but like, it was really weird coming to terms with like, I have to try super hard for you to show up mm. and you don't have to come to this. Yeah. And it's one of those weird niches where like you're, you're providing something that they can get a lot of other places. Um, and so why do they choose you? I mean, it's like weird. And those are unhealthy thoughts again, not like the healthiest theology or like doctrine to have, or, or, but it was weird realizing like I am blaming like a sixth grade girl for not coming to junior high group tonight. Like I'm honestly making her feel bad because I need her to show up to make me feel like I know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I remember like having some scary thoughts of like, what is wrong with me for, for that? Like that idea of like, 
come on, show up. Like, you need a ride? No, you need to come. And she's like, I have homework. And I'm like, you don't need to do your homework. Right. Like, come. <laughs> and I'm just like, wow, who, like, what have I become? And so, um, yeah. Anyways. Well, I just wanted to get that one in before we move on. You that, feel good, Cor, in that that's section? That's a good one. I'm, I feel great on that section. I'm curious. I mean, this will this will probably into a lot of the same stuff we've been talking about. But, um, like, what are you learning right now? Like, what's something that's just, like, that you're working on, that you're, uh, you're, you know, actively trying to, um, you know, acquire knowledge and advice and yeah. stuff about, um, uh, care. So, so my, one of the big things the Lord's showing me this year is like the, the, the ceiling or the lid to my ability to do ministry is my character. Hmm. So I think the Lord is fully capable of bringing people through the door. Like I've, I've fought so hard to get people through the door and I realized like God's a way better, like, uh, evangel like god's gonna bring people through the door can i even take care of them mm -hmm. like yeah i like a lot of butts and seats but like would i be able to pastor them and actually like take them somewhere because if not he's gonna take them somewhere else like and so i i'm i'm subscribing to belief that like there's a lot of hurting people that the lord has he'd like to bring to churches there's not enough healthy um opportunities at church to be spiritually invested in and grow so you could double college ministry next week and I would not be able to take care of everybody. So I'm realizing my character has to be, is going to be the lid on this whole thing. And then also my ability to like lead leaders and to delegate and like Nick started helping out with college ministry and already like I've had so much cool, like so many people I've already connected with him and Brittany and realizing like that's what I have to focus on. And so I'm really not not investing much as getting people through the door as much as just like, Hey, I need to be a person of high character who the Lord can trust. Um, and so in saying that I kind of pulled back from a lot of like pastor books and like, uh, um, podcasts, like the Carrie Newell podcast about how to be a better pastor. And I'm more of like, how do I be a better follower of Jesus? Like, how do mm -hmm. I, um, have the fruits of the spirit more in my life? How am I a better husband? Like how, like I'm realizing my relationship with my wife will directly affect the Lord's ability to bring people in to be pastored. And so, um, I'm just trying to like build a deep foundation on like, uh, being a person of character, being slow to anger, you know, loving the things the Lord loves. Like I'm quick, I'm very passionate and I get upset really fast. I just gave a whole message about that at college group. And then someone really frustrated me and blatantly did something of disrespect and I like stood up and got in his face and I mean, I was like, I'm so sorry. I know I just talked about being slow to anger <laughs> and I just yelled it. Like apologize like a half second because I was like, and I'm already upset. But, um, so I'm just realizing like I am the lid, like I'm like, I am the biggest thing that's holding, which is such a different perspective than most pastors are like the culture is so messed up. Mm. Look how evil everyone else is. Mm. Um, and like, look how, look at the world hating us. If the world would only change and be different, they'd realize that what we're doing is good. And I'm, I'm kind of subscribing to the idea of like, oh no, like I'm the issue. If I can grow, the Lord can bring more people and I can mm. pass more people. And, uh, and so I guess that's just, uh, so I've just really been getting into the word as much as I can, praying a lot more than I did. Probably embarrassed to tell you how much I prayed before this year, 2021, like a few times a week, I'd maybe like pray for a little while. Now I'm trying to like build that into a habit more. And mm. so, um, I'd say just working on my character is one of the biggest things I'm doing right now. Isn't that weird that like literally like the simplest, most like foundational mm -hmm. part of your life is like the key to everything <laughs> else. <laughs> like, yeah. dang it. Why couldn't it be something else that's easier? <laughs> yeah. We just talked last week, you know, uh, reading this book about spiritual leadership and like, uh, I thought it was gonna be some like secret trick, like, Oh, here's how yeah. you'd be a good leader to your wife or here's how you, whatever. And like the, the main core part of the book was 
like be closer to God. <laughs> it's like was it, you know? Yeah, and like, um, what was the what's the prize I'm chasing after? Is it like success or is it closeness with God? That's something that dads really challenged me with. Like, hmm. hey, like what what are you really fighting for? Because it's not like to be intimate with the Holy Spirit and, and like really have these powerful moments of the Lord and know Jesus well. It's to get a lot of people in a room or a lot of people to listen to something. And that should come as a result of the, you being incredibly close to the Lord. And so mm-hmm. for me, it's like, I'm glad that's the answer because it's, it's so simple. I mean, it's, um, it's not that some new trick I have to learn, some new method. It's simply just like loving God better and like knowing him more, um, which is very, when you break it down, it's very simple. It's spending time with him and, and ma- making room for him. So mm-hmm. yeah. for, me, for me, that's like good news. Mm-hmm. I, I remember reading this book in high school called, um, the way of the master it was like right after i like really <coughs> the way of saved. the master yeah the way of the master the way of the master yeah the way of the master okay and uh and i don't think i even knew like how profound it actually was <laughs> yeah. when i read it now i need to like reread it and i've thought about it a few times but it was basically the whole thing was like look everyone's going to tell you like how to be a christian and like what to do and what success looks like mm-hmm. but like how many people actually sit, sit down and like study how Jesus lived his life? Yeah. And, um, so that's what's the way of the master. Yeah. And it's basically like the whole thing was like, he lived a really, really simple life. Yeah. He had an impeccable character. Yeah. He like focused entirely on his relationship with God. Yeah. And then he invested in like 12 dudes. Yeah. And he ran around and did miracles and stuff. Well, it's like, ironic. Did he run? Like w- w- I run a lot. Like my big philosophy was like speed wins. You know, I was like, mm-hmm. if you can get something done faster, and then Dave Matranga was like, dude, can you find anywhere in scripture where Jesus runs? Like, And I was like, and <laughs> I like thought about slowest, like me at camp, yeah. like I'm sprinting from place to place. Like on Sunday morning, I'm literally running to make sure like, and it turns out like the guy really like didn't even, he like walked most Took places. His time, yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm like, oh. People died because he was too slow. Yeah. Yeah. Un- intentionally. Yeah. And so I, I've been like, I need to walk more. Like I need to, to be less frantic. I know I'm being mm-hmm. frantic for good things, but like, that's really not how Jesus led. Yeah. Um, Okay, we're going to make um, a book recommendation. You want to say at the same time? <laughs> okay, it's, it's called The Ruthless Elimination, Elimination of Hurry. Oh, yeah. I, I, I've i read that book, and I know John Mark Comer, okay. and I've been listening to him from here. So what's up then? Yeah, uh, Garden City. Have you read Garden City? No, no. Oh, so. it's incredible. Okay. Really? Um, I've heard that. I read um his other one. Um, something about love, few. Um, Who God Is or oh, it's on that shelf right there. It's a black book. Hmm. We're all looking. This is a really good podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I've read, I've read one of, two of his books and not that one. The oh, Garden. God has a name. God has a name. God has a name. Yeah. I haven't read that one yet. So I, he is, is really, Jean-Marc Comer has been a big influencer on me. Um, his philosophy of, of ministry has been a big influencer on me. If you do you know a story where he, oh yeah, if you read that book, you mm-hmm. know he. Yeah. So my one knock on him is, uh, Ruthless Elimination of Hurry is basically Garden City, just like reworded and different. <laughs> like I was like really? reading this and I was, and, and he would probably be like, I'm w- willing to fight you. That is not the case. But for me, at least what I got out of it, they were very similar. The whole idea of Sabbath and rest um, was like super crucial for me. Hmm. Um, but yeah, dude, I love John Mark Comer. Garden City is incredible. And just about like the purpose of man to cultivate and keep and which is I, I wanted to name a church called Main Key for the longest time. Really? Yeah. No and so I was like low key mad at you guys. But um, <laughs> Court, I, right here, yeah, I remember thinking oh, like yeah. they high fived if you're curious listening <laughs> online. Um, I love that saying like it, it is the very like um, calling of humanity from the very beginning. Hmm. Um, and so I love I love that. What okay. are some of the other favorite books? Okay. So I am very selective on what kind of like um, 
nonfiction yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. books. I, I, I have dyslexia, which doesn't really help in this specific situation, but which one is the one that's like novels and which <laughs> one is the one? Novels are fiction. Okay. Uh, history and like real life okay. accounts are nonfiction. So I rarely read nonfiction that isn't a biography or an autobiography. And most of what I read is novels. So like mm-hmm. East of Eden uh, by John Steinbeck is what I'm reading right now. And um, I find it incredibly formative. And, mm. and for me, um, that's just a me thing. But the reason why I found it to be really good for me is because I usually know the right thing to do. I'm just not in a place where I'm close enough to the Lord or like inspired enough to do it. And so when I read some of these stories, have you guys read Count of Monte Cristo? No. Mm -hmm. Oh, that like, do you like Lord of the Rings? Yes. I love Lord of the Rings. You know, I love Lord of the Rings, Mm -hmm. Jeremy. Like my childhood was Lord of the Rings. County Monte Cristo is as good and it has affected my life on the same level Lord of the Rings has. And Mm. if you went through books that have uh, in terms of like, actual affecting me it would be like bible lord of the rings kind of monte cristo and um and it's because like i i get moved by stories of swords (laughs) 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 what he wants to say um no but like they're stories of of men um overcoming Mm -hmm. and doing what they shouldn't have been able to do good versus evil yeah and and um and like I like that makes me a better man, um, and and so it's naive of me to say like I have it figured out and I'm just lazy. That, that's not what I'm ultimately saying, but like those books I think actually bring me more where I want to be at times, um, because I think we become a little bit. Okay, this is my hot take. Like I think we become like gluttonous with content in church, and totally. like we are the ultimate like being hearers of the word and not like doing it. And so we're reading an entire book, mm. and then like it really won't actually result in much change at all and then we're already on to like the third book since that one and um and so that's why these like novels are a little slower and they um really like mm-hmm. like uh kind of my crystal is all about revenge and it completely changed my perspective on revenge and just wanting harm to come to someone else it is like i would walk uh in, our, in my neighborhood um or like go hike and listen to it and there'd be times where i'd be like in tears and people would come up and be like, are you, are you okay? Like, I'm just like walking, crying. And they're like, are you all right? And I'm like, I'm listening to a book. Like, I'm so sorry. Um, and so for me, I mean, have you guys read Hemingway? Like some of like, uh, old man in the sea. We don't read novels. Do oh, see, yeah, like the court. I read Jurassic Park this okay. year, just last year. It's a little bit different. But. Yeah. Oh, uh, old man in the sea by Hemingway is, um, like, it's another book that really, like I left thinking and my my heart was in a different place um and i had like so many conversations with the lord throughout that book um and so that's just my own personal like i don't again that's not a principle of how everyone should live as much as a method but i think like uh novels are the the class oh mike talked about the classics right a little bit last week like i've been going through like trying to be like what is steinbeck and hemingway and all those guys um like what, what do they think about life? Um, like, like for example, in East of Eden, it's a giant, uh, example of, uh, Cain and Abel, which I've read that story a million times, but when you read it in, in like a modern, more modern setting in a different way with a ton of more characters and like more of life involved, mm. um, it is just so different than I ever, and I, I ever like thought it would be. And so that's been like incredibly, uh, fruitful for me. And I, now I'm preaching on Cain and Abel and, and, I feel like I have such a different perspective than I did before. So, yeah. And then a lot of autobiographies and biographies. So I have Bonhoeffer. You guys know who Bonhoeffer is? I have it on himself. Okay. Huge. Um, He's the German, German. Yeah. The German pastor dude. And then Luther, uh, Eric Metaxas, Eric Metaxas, 
uh, oh, I hate his name. Um, he's a really good author. Seven Great Men uh, mm. is another really good book he, he wrote. Um, and uh, Lawrence of Arabia. You guys know that guy? Mm. People don't know that guy. He's <laughs> so cool. He like basically almost low-key single-handedly won World War One for the Allies, but we all forget that. And historians are probably upset at me. But super cool dude and what he did in like Egypt and Saudi Arabia and all that stuff is incredible. And yeah, so I don't know. I, I love history and all that stuff. So I read a lot of that stuff too. It's um something I've been realizing more and more is like, because uh, it's very much like this fast food kind of content mm-hmm. diet of like, I just want to like consume it all and then mm-hmm. like, you know, what do I mm-hmm. do with it, right? I'm not really mm-hmm. putting it to work. Mm-hmm. And something I've been realizing is I want to get down to like, you know, just summarize it for me. Just like bullet points. Yeah. I just need to like there's get the apps, gist of it. Right? Right. There, there's, yeah, well, there's like this is one yeah. of them. Yeah. But like it really defeats the purpose because what you need is like a lot of repetition and mm-hmm. you, you need to be like slowed down and you need to like see everything from every different angle and like tell, you know, have this like same theme through a couple different stories for it to really become like real. Well, an, mm-hmm. an idea needs romance. Like you need to yeah. be drawn to it and I can, I can just tell you the idea of my message, but, and then be done and you can have the idea right, just like the end point yeah like i could just be like this this, that and this you know this verse and here's why i'm right now go and be better like but if i can get your heart to move closer to jesus um, and get your heart to like connect with this idea that'll change you and so for me like novels tend to have very similar ideas they just have characters um and battles or um you know suffering and struggle and stories that they get me to get the idea and then it lasts for me because I have all these dendrites connected in my brain to that particular idea. Mm. Jeremy, you're, you're quiet over here. Well, I think it's uh, time for um, <laughs> the question. Jeremy's ready to move question. on. <laughs> well, go ahead. Is there like a it's significant you, question? This is your question, man. Do you know oh, 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 yes, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. Yes, yes. Okay. You can, you can, you can skip it. I'm being dramatic. To, for, but yeah. Okay. But what's something you change your mind on? And it could be, you know, big or small. Uh, I would say just like the most relevant example at the top of your mind. Um, I don't know if I've fully changed my mind, and I think we talked about this a little bit. Uh, um, uh, Something I changed my mind on. Yeah, I I would say maybe you can cut that part up and jump right to this. But uh, um, I'm thinking that the future of just like the world and like I always thought like balance and being like, even and fair and like uh all things all people like we talk about a little bit is and but i'm realizing more and more like the solution might be like realizing who god's called you to pastor and then realize like stick with that niche instead of trying to be this like every single person in america could like the grove or compared Mm -hmm. to like this is maybe like the type of person who's going to like it here and that's okay and like loving those people through that that's something Mm -hmm. that i would have argued like pretty adamantly against like a year ago and th- that I'm realizing it's shifting my perspective a little bit. Um, and so, yeah, that's something mm-hmm. I'm changing my mind on. That's a really great question. I wish I had yeah. a, a better example. Maybe I need to change my mind more. That's a hard one, dude. Yeah. Corey, um, it's a hard one. We asked that to most of our guests, but Corey wrote it down in one of our notes like a year ago for someone. And I remember telling him, like, dude, that was like a really good question. <laughs> like really good. I mean, it's a really good <clears> question, <throat> but it's also really hard to answer. Mm-hmm. So it, I don't know if it's actually a great question. It's fun to ask. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Watch you. Yeah, I probably, words. I probably could think of, I'm trying to think of anything else I'd change my mind on. Um, well, one of the things I, w- I was thinking about just to kind of piggyback off of that is that I think that's actually a really good point because I've even thought before, like, um, uh, like I love 
Bob Goff. Mm-hmm. I think he's fantastic. Mm-hmm. But for a long time, I was kind of, and I hope he comes on the podcast one day, Bob, if you're listening. <laughs> he <laughs> might, dude. Can you give him a call. Have you talked to him? No. Uh-uh. I've talked to him. He's pretty cool. Uh, okay, maybe. Can he call him? Can connect us? No, um, you, yeah, he hasn't read his book then. You go to the end of the book, I he's know, got his phone number. Yeah, okay. yeah, I've read his book before. I know okay. that. But I poo pooed on him for a long time because I was like, oh, he's for like beginners and like he's all about people are like really extroverted. But I'm like, maybe it's not for me, but it's totally for someone else. Yeah. But like also maybe it is for me. And like I shouldn't just like check him off just because, you know, that like he's serving like he's obviously has a lot of like fruit <clears throat> from the work that he does. Okay. This is something I'm going off of that. I'm very passionate about and I'm down to argue and go to war with anyone. <laughs> like we are so dang critical and what we think, um, like uh, what's, what other people are wrong about. And we will like, like for example, Bethel, for example, we'll talk mm-hmm. about, I know people who literally think they're all like going to hell mm-hmm. and are Satan worshipers. And that might be true. I don't know, but it's not my like job to aggressively. That, yeah. And I, they're not even in my city. So like, what, like why why do I go about this place that I don't know of that we're getting these like secondhand thirdhand crazy stories like God bless them for trying whatever they're doing pursuing the Lord and like I'm not gonna sit here and be like they're Satan right. so um, now would I recommend someone to go to their church I don't know probably not because I don't know and I've heard a lot of crazy things but the amount of stuff that divides the church is astronomically terrifying mm-hmm. and we are we are really good at knowing what we disagree on and not what we agree on like have you guys heard of the Apostles Creed uh, yeah. So the Apostles' Creed is a scene that got they, that Christians came up pretty early on in Christianity because they were like, how do we know if we can work together? Mm. And so they came up with this this statement. And for me, I'm like, let's bring that thing back. Let's be like, if we yeah. can agree on these core things, mm-hmm. um, then we can do a camp together. We can uh, do an event together. We can at least say that we love you and support you and not speak negatively about your church. And so, um, I, and this ultimately results in a lot. So a lot of pastors have said how other pastors are wrong constantly, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of pastors are like, well, they're wrong, they're wrong, they're wrong. That's why this is why we're right. And what's happened is the unintended consequences, at least in my opinion, is that they they one day would run into something that you might be wrong with, and so they no longer think that you're an authority anymore. And so pastors have lost a lot of authority mm-hmm. because they've speaking so spoken so poorly about everyone else, and then when their humanity and, and human nature comes out. It's basically like, well, why should I trust any of you guys? Because you weren't all that right either. And so it's really, you know, people used to say, have relationships with their pastor and have the utmost like respect for their pastor. And that has really shifted. Like, um, it's not that I'm like disrespected or that pastors are dis- disrespected, but they're not the authority figure they were more once skeptical. were. Yeah. yeah. It's like people come in with a, a lot more skepticism and like convince me that I should trust you. And it, it's just really interesting. And I think it's a result of us actually speaking negatively about all the other churches. Mm. And so eventually we ran out of people to be right and we all became wrong. Right. Right. Yeah. That, that actually makes a lot of sense. And you, we don't like today, everyone has an opinion about something and, mm-hmm. I mean, we're kind of going full circle to where we started, but um, it's okay to not have an opinion and to like, it's so weird that uh, uh, everything's been like politicized, I think to a lot of like, you just like draw the line between like any sort of, it's like, (laughs) there's no middle ground, right? You don't really (laughs) need to go be like one side or the other. Like who said that there were sides on this? And I've talked about this with with Jeremy, but um, one of the things I've been trying to do is like just with everything I try to go in with there's a little bit of truth mm-hmm. in like whatever crazy things going on here that looks incredibly wrong. Mm-hmm. And there's a little bit of like a lie in whatever thing that I think is like really mm-hmm. good. So just everything is like a little bit grayer than it seems. Yeah. And um, to be more like, like I said, accepting instead of mm-hmm. just like 
nope, yep. I'm just like it, it's interesting how there's just none of that anymore. You there's know? no like, it really isn't. Yeah. yeah, it's weird. Yeah, and so for me, like that with all the political stuff, my my whole goal has been like I want to be objective. I want to go mm-hmm. into this being like, okay, they raided the Capitol. Like, okay, it's impossible for me to know what really happened because I ha- I wasn't there, and I can find whatever I want to find online. So how do I like decipher through all this insanity and all these videos um, to find out what the actual truth is. I don't know. I have to eventually make an objective opinion on what I think to be true. Um, and we can get into all this stuff, but like the, the election's incredibly fascinating to me. I like listen to a lot of um, a fo- like that phone call with the president or the ex-president. Like I listened to that whole hour and a half long and, and then having a conversation with people after who are willing to like die for something that like, the president actually said like, they, like it's just very interesting how quickly we're ready to like die on a hill mm-hmm. and we have, we don't actually have a lot of basis right. to support that. Yeah. Um, and so someone will be like, I, I can guarantee you the election was, was, uh, you know, rigged. And I'm like, how, <laughs> like how nobody even mm-hmm. like the president, nobody, like no one has an actual concrete, we can make a best like educated guess, but like, you're really ready to like stake your entire reputation on this. I know a guy who, yeah. Anyway, there's always pastors who came out and were like, Donald Trump will be president. I mean, did you guys hear about any of that stuff? What? Donald Trump will, will be the president. Will be president. Like, do you guys hear about any of that stuff? Some of it, yeah. There was a distance. whole bunch of pastors who were prophesying, like, yeah. some locally, and their names aren't, just kidding. Um, uh, and, oh, I got to be careful. But, um, and I, like, want to be like, what do we do with you? Like, in the Old Testament, we take outside and stone you because you prophesied and you were wrong, <laughs> so you should die. Obviously, we're in the new covenant, and it's not that, but... There's been no, like, I'm very interested in, like, there's been no consequences for that either. Hmm. All these That's a really good point. I felt recently, like, people can just say whatever they want, and then we kind of forget about it and move on. It's really weird, like, and because been a, it's, there's been a lot of that. And like, because this is going to happen, and then doesn't happen, and okay, like, you know, like, yeah. what's the consequence? And because it's he's telling his congregation what they want to hear, hmm. or that pastor's telling his congregation what they want to hear, there isn't a consequence. Because it's not about being right, it's about agreeing with each other. Um, mm. and so I don't know. I, like, I've been very, like, I'm mad at those guys. Like those guys yeah. made Christians yeah. look dumb. Right. And then the next day they just rolled out the next Sunday and kept preaching. And it wasn't like, guys, I think Trump will be president. It was like, God came to me last night and mm. said, so we should all never listen again when you said God talked to you because yeah. you were wrong. And there's a big difference between saying something to Corey and being like, Hey, the Lord said that to me that this happened for you and getting on stage with the microphone and saying it in front of <laughs> and letting Everyone. it go out on. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know, it's something I've been really like, it's, it's, it's a lot of hypocrisy in the sense that we're mad at like the media for doing that. And it's like, interesting, like uh, weird kind of looks like you did that too. So I don't know. That is interesting. I, I think, um, there's like another verse that I'm thinking about that I can't remember what it was, but I know, um, there is some context to like, don't take the Lord's name in vain mm-hmm. to, uh, basically like you are trying to, uh, like since you wear God's name mm-hmm. as a Christian, like you are not to take his name in vain by doing something that would, uh, shame or like basically, yeah. um, lower God's reputation yeah. essentially. And it's like yeah. a very fragile, delicate yeah. thing that is, you know, thrown on willy nilly, yeah. you know, it's just, um, and it's funny because it's actually, uh, I forget what it's called, but it's like the Donald Trump strategy, but he's been known to like, and it works. I'm just going to say it. And then yeah. like two weeks later, it's something completely different. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, I didn't say that. Yeah. I, I think every politician does that to a certain yeah, degree. It's not just a him thing, but he realized like, this will get me elected. I can tell everyone that 
Sorry, my mom's gonna kill me. But uh, I can tell everyone that you know I'm gonna that we are gonna build this giant wall. Like he never really finished the wall. Remember that like, that was the big thing right. yeah. mm-hmm. that ever like that we all got like, excited for. It didn't get finished like that. And I thought Mexico was gonna pay for it. <laughs> so, like I just remember like all these outlandish statements. Yeah, never came true. Doesn't matter. It wasn't about being right. And then so we're dealing with that on the opposite end now. With oh, bastards. Oh, oh. Yeah. And so it's I don't know, man. Politics are crazy. That's an interesting one. I, but I, I think, um, I don't know how much we talked about with, with this with Mike, but I feel like uh, this is one of those things where it's like the Lord's will is going to come to be like no matter what. Mm-hmm. And for us to try to like guess exactly what it is, it's like a little bit foolish too mm-hmm. because we don't actually, more often than not, it's kind of like what you said with like trying to plan two, two years, years ahead. Advance, yeah. It's like you never really know what yeah. God's plan is with this thing or what his will is or what exactly uh, is coming about right now. And so instead of trying to be like, this is exactly what it is. And like, let me try to, you know, work it out on paper. Like just take it day by day and trust that the Lord is moving through it. And yeah, Mike said a lot about that. He, he said like a lot of what we can do is like focus on today, which and I think Mike said like he wanted to like laugh a lot, love people, mm-hmm. be a good husband, like focus on those things. Um, we really don't know. I'm the kind of person like, dude, I, I I, I mean, I kept asking Mike, like, what do you think? What do you think? Because like, I just like, <laughs> I love to kind of think about like, well, dude, where are we headed? Like, this is yeah, wild, you know? Natural. Um, and it's fascinating to kind of like go down the rabbit holes, but at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter because we really just, we don't know. Yeah. And the same core things matter. Like, like you said, love, love all, like the mm-hmm. same things I have to do today are the same things I'd have to do 10 years from now as mm-hmm. a pastor, which is work on my character, <laughs> right? Like that won't yeah. change. So I'm trying to get to those like never shifting things invest in those things i can invest crazily in like video right now but what if that shifts and change and people hate video mm-hmm. or a massive emp goes off that somehow like who knows like yeah i know character will last and so i'm trying to focus on that yeah that's a big one um what about what you're studying in the word and this could be just uh like personally why we kind of threw in this this section is like i kind of want to just get like an inside peek into like what you're mm-hmm. studying and like what you're thinking about it doesn't have to be like amazingly profound, but mm-hmm. just like mm-hmm. what is AJ Hoffman going through? Or what has he been going through in the Bible? Yeah. Um, so we do a, uh, a message, uh, like, a we write a devotional through, so we just did, um, opening acts. Um, this is, I'm wearing a shirt called John's good news right now. So we will read through as a church, we'll read through an entire book and our, all of our growth groups, which you guys would call home groups, all of our kids ministry, like our youth ministry, um, Sunday morning messages and are all going through this devotional book together that we like kind of produce and write. And some people in the church write it. Nick wrote part of the last one. Um, and so we're potentially doing the, um, the whole story of when Israel came back to the promised land and the restoration period. So I've been looking through Ezra, Nehemiah, all that stuff. Um, just kind of getting ready for, um, that series. Hmm. But, um, what, what I'm really careful to is to separate my devotions from work because mm-hmm. one, I'm trying to think about what other people need to, to hear and like what the church needs to hear. The other one, I'm trying to think about what I need to hear. And there's a lot of crossover in that. Right. But when I'm reading like my morning devotions, like I read James today, um, mm. it's like, God, what are you trying to say to me? Um, and so I, I'm feeling like I'm going through that basically being like, Hey, you know what, what do I need to change? I'm looking at scripture. Like it's a mirror and realizing like what's, what's wrong with the aspect of my life that I need to shift. So mm. read James one, two and three. And, um, James is a super cool book. Um, because it's just super convicting. So yeah, read James. Yeah, that was one of my questions. Like, how, uh, what has it been like, kind of finding that balance of, like, feeding yourself versus, yeah. you know, kind of like what you just said. Like, how 
how has that struggle been? I assume it's been a struggle and it's not always seamless, right? Um, well, it, yeah, it, it's the same thing with like, how do, how do I know when my dad's my dad and my dad's my boss or when Kale's my brother or when Kale's my coworker. Mm-hmm. So for us, we have to draw these like pretend lines. Of Who's like, in charge of who with you and Caleb? We're on the same level. Got it. Yeah. It's a lateral thing. Yeah, it's a lateral <laughs> thing. He's We're assistant Donald, to my regional manager, but um, <laughs> no, uh, yeah, same level. Um, hopefully that never changes. <laughs> um, he'd probably be above me before I'd be above him. But uh, um, I think like we just have to be super intentional with our, like when, when we come home with family and we're at family dinner, like Caleb and I can start talking about work and then my dad will chime in and then Daniel's like, I hate you all. Stop. Like, can we talk about anything else? And so we just like try and draw distinct lines of like when we're at family dinner or on vacation, we try not to talk about work. And so when I'm doing my devotions, I'm like, Lord, this is our time. Later on, I'll be doing the same exact thing, but I need it to be like our time for them. And mm-hmm. so it, it's just different. I guess I just do a really good job at, like drawing a, an emotional line in my head of being like, this is for me and this is for someone else later. So mm-hmm. when I read through my devotions, I don't underline it with a pen. I'll do a highlighter because pen stuff is like what I want to preach on later. Highlighter stuff's like just stuff that the, that's for me. It's almost like Walter Mitty when the dude doesn't take the picture. He's like some stuff, you know. I don't want to take it. It's just for me. Hmm. And so that's kind of how I put my devotions versus other stuff. Yeah. I mean, as, as long as I've, as I have known you, you've been leading to some extent. So I was kind of curious on, it's not like you, uh, just recently got into leadership, right? I mean, mm-hmm. your whole life you've been leading as far as I've known. So, yes. Uh, I don't, I don't really know. I guess it kind of just happened. I don't know if there's ever a tangible, um, like even the college ministry, we talked about how all of a sudden, like I was the one preaching each mm-hmm. week and it was like, how did we get here? And I was, I don't know. <laughs> um, so I, I don't know if there's ever been a tangible moment where I thought I want people to follow me. Um, how do I do that? Mm-hmm. Like, um, it's been much more of like my philosophy is if door opens, like I'm going to go through it unless the Lord says no, which, um, I believe like God's not in the business of tricking me. And so if, a job opportunity comes, I'm going to be like, Hey Lord, do I want to do that? And then I need the Lord to be like, I don't want you to do that. Um, I want you to stay here. And so far that's worked for me. You know, um, I don't like, I don't think if I ask for wisdom for the Lord, like, should I, should we start the college ministry or not? Like, Hey, I, this is a desire of my heart. Does it line up with scripture? Are you saying no? Then I'm like moving forward with it. And so I think it keeps me moving quick and like charging ahead and taking ground. Um, I don't, I don't feel an overwhelming, um, like this need to like wait and wait and wait and mm-hmm. wait. Um, I think the Lord, if, if he doesn't really want you to do something and you give him a few days, you know, he's not like, AJ, if you only gave me another day, I would have been able to effectively communicate. I didn't want you to do that thing. Like, right. So, um, yeah, I just think ultimately I've just been as doors opened. I've just walked through them. If I know it lines up with scripture and, and it lines up with what I feel the Lord's put in my heart. Cool. Can yeah. I, can I go back to James really quick mm-hmm. and just ask you like what you've been, reading in James and like what stuck out to you about it? Yeah. It's a lot of like, you know, being doers of the word, not hearers of the word stuff. Um, I guess what I really liked was the separation between trials and temptations. Hmm. Um, and how, so in the chapter one, if I remember correctly, there's a lot of like, um, and so it's a little unfair because we we're like, I'm using an old message series at college group right now through the book of James. And so like, I'm, I'm, reusing that but rewriting it and stuff but in my in my devotions i've been really really it struck out to me like man 
trials are different than temptations. Like temptations um, don't come from God. Like mm. they are, they are things that uh, the enemy tempts you with, and so you're supposed to run from them. Where like trials are things that God can allow you to go through, and you're supposed to run through them. Um, and so uh, there's just a big difference. And like, what's the difference between the two, and how dangerous it is when we mix those up? So if I think like um, that I have a lot of anger in my life and I view me acting on that anger as like, Lord, how come you're allowing me to go through this trial right now of a lot of difficult things happening with COVID? Like, no, that's me giving into my temptation of anger. Mm. Now, if someone gets sick in my family and it's causing a lot of issues, that, that might be a, a trial. And so just trying to understand the difference between the two. If I don't have any money, not being like, Lord, how come I'm going through this trial of, bro- of like um, not having any money and being broke? Or being like, hey, I have a temptation of being lazy and not working hard to be able to like, you know, make more money. Uh, so I, I think that's something I'm just going through with James. Um, and then being a doer of the word, not hearer of the word. Um, being hearer of the word, not doer of the word is, is a big thing that I'm realizing how often I just <laughs> read stuff and be like, cool, not going to do that. And then keep going and, um, and talks about how stupid that person is. And how foolish that person is. It's like a person who looks in the mirror and like sees junk all over their face and that does nothing mm. to change it. So I don't want to be that person because it talks about lying to yourself. And we all know when people are lying to themselves about something like the, the lies to themselves. Everyone else knows. I don't want to have any of that. <laughs> I don't want to have yeah. anything that everyone else knows about me that I'm not real with my own self. So, mm. um, yeah, I guess that's what I'm learning, James. That's an interesting one. Yeah, the, the especially the lying to yourself. Uh has there been anything that's like stuck out to you about, I don't know, maybe this is something that challenged you or that you, yeah. uh, maybe you didn't notice before. Yeah. Um, I think I'm surprised. It talks about being slow to anger in the beginning too. Like I'm realizing how quick I am to be frustrated. The politics have really like, um, helped with that. <laughs> and I, and I get worked up quickly. It's a temptation. Yeah. A yeah. Again, great example. <laughs> like, if I'm like, God, how come you're allowing all this stuff to happen? Like, no, like, and all this stuff that's happening is not a result of like God being like, let me take America through this trial. It's like, no, a whole bunch of people giving in the temptation of sin. And this is the consequences of it. So I'm not going to blame God or look at God and be so. Um, yeah, I, I think I get angry way too quickly. Even in like this conversation, when we started talking about things. I was like, oh, I'm mad. I'd like to bring up this topic. I am frustrated. And I want to be a person of peace. Like over and over again in scripture, Paul, all of his letters he writes, he just starts off with like grace and peace. <laughs> mm-hmm. And when he's writing about how to treat each other, it's like grace and peace, grace and peace, grace and peace. Like almost every letter I think says that the first or second verse. So I want to be a person who's slow to anger, have a lot of grace and be a person of peace. I don't know if I'm a person of peace. Hmm. I think I'm a person of a lot of, of, anim- of action, m- animosity <laughs> and not speaking before I think and that type of stuff. So, yeah. The, uh, I think it was, I mean, it was the episode before this, but I was rolling through my devotions and one of the things that stuck out to me in Philippians or Colossians, maybe I forget which one, uh, was talking about, it was Paul. He was saying, let your reasonableness be known so that you can keep the harmony within the church, basically. Yeah. He's like, cause, and I was reading through the commentary and he was basically uh, if someone doesn't think that you're reasonable, then yeah. there's like always going to be division. If yeah. you can't be reasoned with and understood and if people don't feel like they're being heard and that, uh, you know, there isn't any compassion either way, then it creates these division. Yeah. And it creates these kind of lines, right? Where everything gets politicized, but he says, let your reasonableness, reasonableness be known so that you keep unity in the church. And I was like, Oh wow. That's, 
I don't know how like reasonable no, dude. I, I am intentionally, you know, like sometimes I'm very unreasonable <laughs> intentionally. <laughs> I think a lot of people like on this, it's easy to pin that on. Oh, it's my personality. This is yeah, like, right. who I am. Like, yeah. and I think a lot of it is, well, maybe not. Like, I think uh, a lot of these things can be honed in, you know, or. Yeah. Like I used to be like, I'm really bad with names until Ryan was like, no, you're not. Do you know the left tackle like 10 years ago for the Chargers? Uh, and I was like, <laughs> yes. And he's like, you're not bad with names. You just don't care about people. And I was like, <laughs> that hurts so bad, dude. Like. I am bad with names. He's like, no, you're just lazy. And I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Talk about lying to yourself. Yeah. That, like, gosh, man, I, that, that was something I was, yeah, I just, I would say it as a total like caveat for not having to remember people's names and trying to get better. Yeah. Well, that's good. You acknowledge it. Um, Jeremy, any other questions or have we like rolled through everything ish? Yeah. Um, I know I feel good. Um, I think we hit pretty much every question. Um, yeah. Any other thoughts or, AJ, anything you wanted to add or just thoughts you wanted to share? It'd be super. Do you guys know what like dogma, doctrine, and opinion is? Like the the stuff between, like it's the idea of like in church you have mm. dogma, which is stuff you would die for. Doctrine is stuff that like separates the churches and then opinion is stuff we can like, like it's okay, we can disagree we can on. Hash out, yeah. It'd be super cool to have like some pastors and be like, hey, draw some lines for me. Like, mm. or just people being like, what's dogma, doctrine, and opinion mm. on your life? It's something that I'm learning in school and I really like. Mm. Um, because there's a lot of dangers when you go aggressively. Everything, every opinion you have is dogma. It's dogma. Yeah. It's like then no one agrees with you besides your wife, and that she's lying about. You know, and <laughs> um, and then if you, everything's as far as you know. yeah, and everything's opinion, then there's nothing you really stand. So it's, I think it's one of the big struggles of this next few years of church is mm. um, being able to, to draw those lines and um, maybe shift some of our liberalism versus like fundamentalism and all that good stuff. So. Hmm. What so that's something that you've been thinking about just because of going through yeah, in school, your yeah. masters in mm-hmm. theology and um how what's the actually I I had never really thought about it before but dogma to me had a very like negative connotation of like oh it's dogma it, like mm-hmm. it's bad but the way you just described it mm-hmm. can you like draw those lines really quick between those yeah, three yeah like dogma is stuff that like in scripture you would die for like like if you try and tell me that Jesus like wasn't the Messiah like We'll go to war right now. We'll throw down. Yeah. I'm down to die. Yeah. Doctrine is like where, hey, this is the doctrine of this church. So when it comes to speaking in tongues, this is what we believe. You might believe something different. That's okay. We mm-hmm. believe you're saved and going to heaven too. You might just believe something different. Mm-hmm. You know, um, That's where most of the churches are. They, they have different in doctrine. And then there's opinion, which is, uh, you know, uh, I think that we need to take communion every week. Um, you think we can take communion once a month. Um, how do we take communion in COVID? Another great question, an hour long meeting we have. But, um, and so, like, there's certain people who leave the church over, you know, hey, you sang a Bethel song. Um, I'm out. We're out. Yeah. Yeah. And we're like, we didn't know that was a Bethel song. (laughs) Like, we just sang it, like, sorry. Um, And, and so that's an example of like opinion becoming dogma where they're like, I'm out. We can't be connected. We can't work together. Please don't be seen with me again. And Mm -hmm. um, I think it'd be really cool to see like people help like draw those lines because they're very gray and interesting right now. And um, like, I don't know, like I want like I was learning that and I just want to sit down with Mike from last week and be like, Mm. draw some lines for me, dude. Where does this go for you? Where does this go for you? Because Mm -hmm. um, I I just think it's pretty fascinating. Is that not the same as like um, the apostles creed where it's basically like, here's that's dogma. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like the most fundamental, like we can all agree on these. If not, then we're going to have some issues. Yes. Um, but then it's basically like interpretations of each one of those yeah, like is hermeneutics, yeah. doctrine ish. Mm-hmm. And then it's sort of like how to do it, it could be mm-hmm. opinion or 
Yeah, dude, it gets messy real quick. It's funny in just in, in college how many people have so much animosity towards each other in the seminary. Like, you shouldn't be a pastor. Like, you like you believe that? Like, you, like they should expel you, and you're just like in this discuss, discussion question, just like, I'm just trying to post, like, something. Please don't tell me I'm terrible. So. Fascinating. Well, sweet, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, dude. Thank you, sir. Yeah, uh, it's been a pleasure. If people want to learn more about you or the Grove, where should they go? Uh, the Grove's website, sdgrove.org. Um, I guess I don't know how you'd learn about me. My phone number is six. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't like. I'm not many places. I'm not like Mike, where there's like this plethora of great, you know, content online. You can go. Don't listen to some of my past messages. So they need to young. go to the Grove to get to know yeah, you. If, and yeah, see you face um, to face. And I, don't, I haven't written any books or blogs or anything. I have an Instagram with some pictures, but <laughs> there we go. There's no reason to go there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good to know. All right, AJ. Well, thanks for coming on, sharing with us, and thanks for listening, everyone. Today, three things you can do to help us support the podcast. If you want to, uh, go to your podcast player of choice. What are you using? Uh, um, I'm old school. I, I use Apple Music and Apple Podcasts. Okay, that's okay. Uh, if you're using Apple Podcasts, go to your Apple Podcasts and go to ours and leave a review. Six stars, preferably. Just click five stars and then put the another star emoji. It gives you six stars wow. above and beyond for us. You can also just simply share the podcast with a friend. And if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. And we'll see you in the next one. Adios. See you guys. Bye.